Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Catch That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and this episode is once again brought to you by our friends, Props.Cash. They're the absolute best in the business for player prop betting. You need their tool. You know those green and red charts. Absolutely instrumental for your betting process. Uh, we've got a couple different things there. We've got the actual line that I've been talking about a lot. They also have hit rate, and you can actually check to see what the odds are on the website as well. And you can look at positional hit rate and see how those teams and how those uh, their opponents have fared versus similar players in terms of whether they're giving up rebounds, points, assists, threes, turnovers, what have you. They also have individual stats for where the opponents rank in terms of what they allow for points, rebounds, assists, turnovers. And you can see that plain as day and what they give up for their entire team as well. So those are just a couple of the different factors that they have in Props.Cash. It's an absolutely amazing tool. And it's one that I'm using every single day for my process and my betting and it's something that you guys should too so for that we've got a 25 percent off coupon code for you guys in your first month with delara 25 put that code in get 25 percent off your first month you're going to get it back because you're going to start winning a little bit more and those are just just roll it into your unit roll it into your management for the month and it's more than worth the investment uh so producer Corey, how you doing today man doing pretty well joseph how are you doing uh, I would be doing better if guys, if, if you guys have been following the saga of our fantasy football league, Corey handed me an L in the quarterfinals of our fantasy Fuck league. This clown, you deserved it more than anyone else in our league. And I think our weird listeners would agree with me because of how much of this drama has been spilled out onto this podcast. So yeah, Corey, it. Corey did beat me pretty good. Uh, you know, had, had a variety of different, issues there but uh it was it's it's lizzie's year lizzie dominated the entire time so i don't know who you play against this two week. tight ends bitch would you ever you could you imagine you ever see me play two tight ends can you believe no it? well <laughs> hell hath frozen over hey Corey used to never draft a tight end so it's uh we're rooting for Corey that in the hall ball with, league yeah i came it's, in with uh what was it it was the year where travis kelsey was the only uh pick yeah. worth taking and you and I, I came in with a, a Manila envelope that said "secret strategy" and inside just said "do not draft te." <laughs> so yeah, Corey normally, for, Corey normally foregoes the tight end. It's funny too because I actually did the double tight end tra- strategy in my dynasty league, and I had uh, I started Sam Laporta and Trey McBride simultaneously. So nice, nice sets of tight ends well, those for are pretty the cash good tight ends. guys. Yeah, nice sets, nice sets. Um, so we're huge we McBride are, guys. Yeah, McBride's McBride's nice. Corey started McBride against me, and it was very painful because I was like, I need him in one league, but then not in the other. So it's always that's one of the dangers of playing a lot of leagues. So I hope you guys are doing well that are that are in it. Um, unless you are uh, playing against me um, in my dynasty league. So unless it's Weiss, which I don't know if you listen, I hope you listen, but shout me out in the group chat if you do listen. Uh, but fuck you, man, you're going down. Uh, so with that though. Um, just a couple programming notes. Courtesy uh, of the McBride tribe. Courtesy of McBride. <laughs> Just a couple programming notes. Um, so this episode is obviously coming out timely the way that we normally do it. Uh, Christmas is on Monday. Uh, like Not to get into like all the producer Corey details here because I don't want to steal his thunder, but basically we've heard that people don't listen to podcasts on Saturdays and Sundays. It just it doesn't work. Not this guy. Not this producer. Yeah, so what we I think we're gonna do because I want to get you guys Christmas content, and then obviously like 
if honestly, if you are the type of person that's going to listen to this podcast while driving to like have your Christmas Day ham or prime rib or whatever, God bless you. But like, there are a lot of other people. We have lines out. Um, I'm going to try to put up a pod for a Friday release so that way you guys can get my Christmas Day best bets. Um, we'll maybe try to get a guest on because uh, there's there's a lot of football games on too. So maybe a little bit of fr- football, a little bit of, uh, and obviously more NBA. And I know like they give out some of those like cross-sport um those cross sport markets, which are, I think, a lot of fun. Uh, so I'd like fun. to try to. I love those. I'd like to try to tap into those as well. So I think there's definitely a little bit of value there. So we'll see what I can do about a guest. I think it will be fun, um, but I will try to get you guys that episode. Uh, but in the meantime, I am going to start you off with not only my best bets for the Wednesday Wait, NBA Joe, slate. Before you continue, yes. yes, let me sell the holiday episode a little bit more. How okay. many more people are more inclined to listen to their stupid uncle after a couple of beers give his spiel about why you should pick a team based on nothing other than your weird uncle's opinion? <laughs> listen for 15 minutes even to Joe's Holiday Spectacular and you'll at least have a concrete idea that wasn't like, you know, thought up in your crazy uncle's brain because of something he sees in the stars. Like you'll actually have some real data here. And, you know, the public's probably going to be betting real stupid over the course of those three days. Take advantage. Yeah, take advantage. So, uh, you know, there's a couple different trends we'll talk about. So that way you can kind of go in there, you know, like the Christmas Day unders thing. And like, we'll we'll debunk or prove that. So we'll we'll get into all of that. But I am going to start you off with the Knicks and the Bucks over 224 and a half. Uh, this line is just on the move. I don't really understand why this line is here. It's been sitting there since preseason. Um, the 224 and a half. There's a couple different people that I've seen on it. Uh, I've been on it. I logged in the action app li- like literally like three weeks ago. Um, so some of you guys might've grabbed it there. The number's just too low. We're, we got two fast paced teams. The offenses are cooking right now and no Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks makes a pretty significant difference to their defense. So you can grab that. Uh, it's in the market. There's a couple spots in the market, at like 228. I'm, I'm honestly okay with it. I think the 224 was way off. Um, so I, I really don't mind a little bit at the 228 and a half. Um, but to well, that's just a little bit of a teaser for the Christmas stuff. We'll we'll get into that cap a little bit more on that day. There's five games. We'll try to cap all of them for you. But I do want to talk about this Wednesday NBA slate, which looks to be pretty enticing. There's a lot of really cool games. I want to talk about a couple of them. The first of which is uh, we've got one big game is the Celtics versus the Kings. We have another. We have a New York battle between the Knicks and the Nets. Uh, we've got a really exciting battle between the Timberwolves visiting the Philadelphia 76ers. Little Miami showdown between the Heat and the Magic. Uh, and then we also have the Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. So those are kind of some of the games that I want to touch on so far. But the first game that I'll start off with is I'll start off with the Boston Celtics versus the Sacramento Kings. You can get this line right now. There's a plus one in the market actually at points bet. Um, I think that that's going to not last for very long. This basically what happened was Tatum left the game a little bit early. So we're recording this around 11 o'clock PM Eastern time right now. And Tatum had left, came back into the game and the 
basically the line moved because it's a back-to-back against the Kings. I think the expectation was like, we don't know how serious this is. The line moved towards the Kings a bit. Tatum comes back in. Line's starting to creep back towards the two and a half that's in the market. So at two and a half, I might stay away at least for now. But regardless, I still like Boston in the spot. Um, It's a back-to-back. It's a West Coast road trip. The big thing here, though, to me is we have to see how Tatum's ankle adjusts right um whenever these guys like a lot of times they get taped up uh they you know it can swell the next day like what have you but i do think that because he came back in in this game against the warriors that uh he's so important like i don't think he would have risked it if the injury was too bad additionally porzingis sat out against the warriors so i think that it's much more likely that he plays against sacramento given the back-to-back uh and it's really it seems like it's a little bit more of an injury management type of thing so just a couple of those things but when we look at these two teams in terms of adjusted net rating king's obviously better with De'Aaron fox um but they're they're kind of in like two separate classes right now. Boston's plus eight point six in terms of adjusted net rating. Uh, the Kings are plus one, uh, which is fourteenth in adjusted net rating compared to the Celtics at number one. So I think that these two teams, even with Fox entering back into the lineup, uh, even if we wanted to manually adjust that, even like another plus one, it still makes them the eleventh ranked team in adjusted net rating, and it would only put them at around plus two. So uh, it's it's definitely a tougher spot. The Kings have also played a tough schedule, so this is even accounting for that. Um, Boston's played one of the toughest schedules in the league. This game against the Warriors, we'll see what happens. See if it like you know how tightly contested it is. Um, whether they're able to rebound off the whether they're winning or whether they lose, you know, and see how they can bounce back against the Kings. But I think that the spread is a little bit too far. I think it's a little bit off based on the reaction, the instant reaction to the Tatum news. So this pod, depending on where you can kind of consume it, it, we've been dropping this pod like pretty much within 30 minutes of when we record. Um, So you still might be able to get this line. It's up on YouTube. Obviously, it's up on wherever you can stream it from. Otherwise, where you get your podcasts. So there's plenty of opportunity to grab this. One player prop, though, that I'm looking at in this matchup, especially if Porzingis plays is DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, I'm going to be looking at his points, rebounds, maybe his PRA, but I definitely like his PR um, specifically. And honestly, like his points has been really, really good. Um, Over the last, obviously these are all different things. Like when I talk about head to head, like there's always like some matchup stuff, whatever. Um, Over the last seven games against Porzingis, so basically since Sabonis was like a major starter for the Pacers against Porzingis, uh, different matchups, different lineups, different teams, whatever. Um, Mostly, most of these games were Pacers versus Dallas. We did have one game last year uh, with the Kings versus the Wizards. Sabonis in the seven games has had a 20-point double-double in each of those games, uh, and he just, on his most recent one, had a 20-15-10 and 10 triple-double against Porzingis when he was on the Wizards. Uh, so he's averaging 22.6 points, 13.4 rebounds, and seven assists over this stretch. Um, that's a little bit why I'm like hesitant on the A. I want to see where this line really comes out. It's going to be tough to gauge um, until then. The only other thing that I would... I would uh, indicate or kind of thought, think about though is he's done. He's had these monster games against the Boston Celtics as well. Um, so part of that's even with Horford. Um, 
last year he had a 16 13 12 triple double um he had an 18 to 10 to 6 he had a 30 20 and 5 on uh march 18th of 2022 so that's two seasons ago um he really dominated in that matchup and that was with al horford and robert williams in the lineup so it's it's definitely a spot that i'm looking at I will say in that one game where where he really went off with the 30 and 20, De'Aaron Fox did not play. But what I'm trying to say is that I think that this is a an, an opportunity for him to really excel uh, against this Boston front court. Um, I think I think it's a good matchup for him, regardless of whether Horford's in, whether Porzingis is in. It's been a very good matchup for Sabonis so far in the past, um, and I don't really see a reason why it couldn't continue in this game. Um, the next play and the next game that I'm looking at is the Timberwolves against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Wolves, guys, you know, like I just keep giving out the Wolves. We keep cashing on the Wolves. It's been it's been pretty successful overall to be betting on the Minnesota Timberwolves this season. Uh, I saw a pretty funny meme and it was like the Are You Winning Son and it was the Timberwolves and it, the, lo- the Timberwolves logo and it was just like, yeah, dad, I pretty much win every game now and that's what Minnesota's doing. So Minnesota on the course of the season they are 20 and 5. They're top of the Western Conference. I will say though, Philadelphia actually has a better adjusted net rating. Um, Philadelphia has been dominant so far this season. They're plus 7.5 in adjusted net, the number one offense in the league, fourth best defense in the league. Uh, compared to Minnesota, they're fourth in adjusted net, plus 5.3, 17th in offense, uh, but first in defensive. Excuse me, in defensive rating. Um, so it's an interesting matchup. I think it's a tough, it's a tough matchup on both sides for not only Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, but also for Joel Embiid. Um, and just vice versa. It's gonna be a big heavy matchup, right? So I do think that one of the players that I like in this spot is actually Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, his points line is at 26 and a half. Um, he has exceeded that in two of his last three games against Philly, uh, one of which was in this year. He scored 31 on November 22nd, uh, and then he had 32 against Philly back on March 7th of 2023. And then the one other game he played against Philly this uh, last season, he had 25. Um, part of why I like this is even when we're looking at him over the last couple of games he's coming off a couple big games he's coming off a 32 and 37 point game he had some down games uh obviously against the um against the Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies but a lot of that had to do with Dallas he just didn't have he played the minutes Memphis I think it was the game he got uh he got a little bit dinged up missed some games he really only played like a minute, a couple minutes, like five minutes. So you can't really take too much stock into that. So I do think that this is a spot for Anthony Edwards to kind of excel. I think that Anthony Melton's a pretty good defender, defensive option for him. If you, you know, if you had to come up with one, but at the end of the day, I think that the offense is going to have to run through Anthony Edwards anyway, just because it's going to be so difficult to score on the interior against Joel Embiid for both Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. So I like Ant to go over the 26 and a half points in the spot against the Philadelphia 76ers. From the game as a whole, though, the Wolves are plus three and a half on the road. It's really an interesting spot because Philly has the 27th ranked 
strength of schedule in terms of how difficult it is. So they've essentially played an easier schedule. Minnesota has also played a relatively easy schedule. They're at 19th. Um, so neither of these teams has really played like a very tough schedule. The one thing I will say is that Minnesota's is they've Minnesota and Philly have both played weaker offenses. Um, defensive wise, Minnesota's played tougher defenses. They've actually played the 10th toughest in terms of defensive strength of schedule, whereas Philly's still at 24th. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I think it's going to be a very tough game. Uh, and when we go back to uh, what these teams did against each other in the last game, obviously um, Minnesota, they, Anthony Edwards played really well. Um, so there's we have that in in like in for what we can analyze there, right? Rudy Gobert kind of struggled on the glass a little bit, um, and I think that that's notable because Minnesota kind of makes their living. Uh, they kind of make their living on the glass, like what their rebounds are and like how they can kind of defend the interior. So when we look at this game. Philly lost. Minnesota won at home, one twelve to ninety nine. The biggest thing when we look at the the box score though is that Philly just could not make a three. They shot twenty one point nine percent from three, compared to thirty eight point five percent for Minnesota. They also only shot thirty nine percent from the floor. The biggest issue here was Joel Embiid didn't play. So if Joel Embiid plays that game, maybe this changes the analysis. Maybe it changes the game. I think you have to consider that fact. Um, whereas Rudy kind of struggled. Carl Anthony Towns had a decent game. Anthony Edwards obviously went off. But without Joel Embiid in that spot, he's been playing at an MVP level. He obviously, he kind of plays up to a certain level of competition. Um, he's but this is going to be one of the toughest games that he's played recently. Um, so I think that that's, that's obviously notable in his history versus Rudy Gobert. He's been, he's, he's been a little bit all over the place, but his most recent game last March, he scored 39 points, seven rebounds, four assists where he's kind of struggled is he's had a couple strong rebounding games back when Rudy was in Utah, but of late he's had seven, nine, and nine. Um, but in the two games that he's played against Rudy while he's been on the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, Embiid has scored 32 and 39 points. So bring him back into the fold there, I think would be extremely notable, obviously, for Philadelphia. Um, even though they I even though I think that this is still a tough, tougher matchup just because of the rebounding strength that Minnesota has overall. Um, I my lean is still on Minnesota plus three and a half. I think that Philly has been Philly's been great this season, uh, but I think Minnesota, in terms of what their advanced metrics are, they've been even though I think that they're still like a touch underrated here at the three and a half. I think that there's been a lot of narrative around just how good. Um, Rudy Gobert, or rather Joel Embiid has been so far on the season. And that's one of the things that I have a little bit of concern about. Um, finally, the last point of data that I want to talk about is that Minnesota is 5-0 and against the top 10 teams in point differential per cleaning the glass. Whereas if we look at Philadelphia, Philadelphia has been good, um, but Philadelphia is 2-4. and 
So they're 13th in terms of what their point differential is in those matchups, but Minnesota has dominated. They're 5-0, and plus 12.4 in terms of their point differential. So I, I, that's that's generally why I lean Minnesota. I might want a betting Minnesota here too, um, but you'll you'll see that in the action app, I think. It's just it's a little bit early for me. Um, the next game that I did want to touch on is the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. I'm going to have a game guide out for this. Uh, for the Action Network. This is a spot where the Mavericks injury report is pretty significant. Um, they're they're going to continue to be without Kyrie Irving. They have also listed um, Derek Lively, the second, due to his ankle injury, he's going to be out. Maxi Kleba will not be playing. Either his toe is out, and Josh Green has also been ruled out uh, due to an elbow injury. So when we look at that compared to what we're seeing in L.A., where they're really... You know, Paul George is listed as questionable due to an illness, but aside from him, the majority of their primary rotation has been playing. James Harden is playing excellent lately. Um, Kawhi Leonard is playing on an absolute another planet. That dude looks like a robot. Um, and this spread to me is like I I don't understand. I don't get it. Uh, I think that Dallas has been good on the season. They're sixteen and ten. They are 15th in adjusted net rating. They have the fourth best offense in the league, but they have the 25th ranked defense in the league. Whereas when we look at the Los Angeles Clippers, you know, they struggled when they got James Harden, but since then it's just been all gas and they are 16 and 10 on the season. So the same record, but in terms of their adjusted net rating, they're plus 3.7, which is the sixth best mark in the league. And they are they have a 116.5 offensive rating, adjusted offensive rating, and a 112.6 or 0.9 defensive rating. Um, the Clippers have been much better of late. And when we look at some of these lineups that they're running, the biggest thing is that they kind of removed Russell Westbrook from the rotation. So you're not seeing overlap between him and James Harden. When you're able to split the two of them off the floor, uh, the Clippers net rating kind of jumps. Uh, they're a plus 17.4 with Harden on the floor and Russell Westbrook off the floor, which is just an absolutely staggering number. And when we insert Kawhi Leonard into the equation, uh, we're still that plus 17.4. So we're you you see kind of where these lineups are making sense. You can see that the lineups with Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi, but mostly James Harden and Kawhi uh, have really, really excelled. And when they do get that big three, and I've kind of chose to exclude Paul George at first due to the injury report, when they do have the three of them on the floor, plus 20.3. That's just an, a mind-numbing number. So I'm going to be looking at the Clippers in this game. Two and a half is just way too short. Uh, I, I see some three and a halves out there. I, I'd be comfortable with either. And I know that the big narrative has been Luka Doncic versus the Clippers. And when Luka plays the Clippers, uh, he, he's been incredible, right? So over the last couple of seasons and really throughout the throughout his career he has just decimated them um he's averaging 33.1 points 8.5 rebounds and 8.3 assists in his last in his 30 games against the clippers throughout his career and when you look at his last 10 games he's been just as good uh over his last 10 30, he's actually been better 37.8 points 8.9 rebounds and 7.4 assists some of these numbers are insane. He scored 30 points in all but 
two games, one miss at 26 or two misses at 29 and one at 26. So uh, over 30 and seven of 10. And he's got 40 point games in five of the 10. So the dude's been absolutely mind-numbingly good. Uh, But I think that it's a little bit more difficult when you add in Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and uh, James Harden into the mix. Uh, I think that the turnovers could kind of go crazy for Luka. He's averaging 4.4 in this matchup. So that's definitely a spot that I'll be looking to uh, to maybe try to back or you know fade Luka in what I think could be a really, really high usage game for him uh, without Kyrie Irving in this spot. So uh, that, that's kind of the way that I'm capping the slate. The only other game that I think is... Uh, there's two games that I think are interesting. You obviously have... The Miami Heat versus the Orlando Magic. I think the Magic are really good. I think the Magic are a bit underrated in the spot. They're, or rather, I think they might be a little bit overrated in the spot. They're minus five to Miami is plus five. Orlando's at home. Orlando's been 100% better. Um, They're 16 and nine. Miami is a 15 and 12. So the records kind of indicate that it's a little bit closer than it is. But when we really dive under the hood, both of these teams have had below average offenses on the season. Um, and Miami's defense is about average, but when they've had Bam Adebayo, they've obviously been better. Orlando is third in adjusted defensive rating. So that's really been their bread and butter. My concern here for this game and normally like i would be hoping for this game to have been closer in terms of the spread where maybe the market doesn't really adjust like respect uh orlando enough but in fact i think we're a little bit too far the other way and with tyler hero coming back that's obviously instant offense we saw him we saw him play pretty well in his return on monday and we saw jaime hawkes continue to get good minutes so i think that this is a very tough matchup for both teams. If I was going to play anything, I'd probably be looking at the under. Um, it's at two nineteen, and it's at two nineteen. It's gone up since the open, uh, but I I don't totally buy it, given the fact that Miami plays the twenty fifth pace in the league, Orlando plays at the fourteenth pace in the league, and even though Tyler Hero is back. I don't know if it's necessarily enough in this matchup against Orlando, who has such strong perimeter point of attack defenders and such a strong defensive scheme overall. So I'd kind of be looking at an under. And then when we look at the Knicks versus the Nets, um, it's basically a pick em. Interesting game. New York's defense has been awful, just terrible since Mitchell Robinson got hurt. I think it's a bit of a stay-away spot for me. The one guy that I might be continuing to look at, though, Julius Randle's just been absolutely on one. Um, Randle has uh, just been crushing his... He's been crushing just every stat, right? Uh, But he's been having some pretty good games where... without Mitchell Robinson. Um, And once again, without Mitchell Robinson this season, he's averaging 27.6 points per game. He's averaging 9.2 rebounds per game and 4.6 assists per game. The biggest thing, though, is that he has not been taking any threes. So his line is set at one and a half. Um, He's made... In the five games without Mitch, he's made one, two, one, zero, and one. And even when we look back over the last couple of games, like he's... He's making two in some of them, but there's just not enough volume. So I think even though the under is kind of juiced at minus 135, it's definitely a spot that I would consider, um, especially because Brooklyn's 
defense, if they want to throw like Claxton on him, I think makes it a little bit tougher for him to kind of break free just generally in the offense. Uh, so I, I think it'll be a fun game. I'm obviously rooting for the Knicks, but uh, I don't have a lean in any particular direction for the game overall. So with that, that's kind of my cap for the slate. That's what we're looking at on Wednesday. I want to get you guys out of here relatively fast. That way, you know, you can finish this episode, listen through it, and then stay tuned for the Thursday episode or the Friday episode of the uh, of the Christmas Spectacular here. But with that, Producer Corey, how you doing today, man? We're doing great, Joe. You sound... I don't know why I'm still going to work. Why are we going to work? No one's Evan? around, man. No one's that, around. I kind of like going to work when nobody's around. I'm in the middle of a really good book. Oh, well, if you're trying to work, it depends on if you're trying to like, <laughs> or, it depends on if you're trying to work or not. There's <laughs> nothing to do, man. I wish There's just nothing going on right now. Like, hey, man, things are winding down. Sleep. Judges are disappearing. Yeah, it's <laughs> everyone is conveniently like on vacation a week early. So I'm just. I think them. it's I think it's because of the Christmas being on a Monday thing. So everybody's like, oh, well, yeah. this is Christmas week then. Yeah, because if it was like Wednesday or later, people would at least give a half-ass Monday. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Tuesday, nobody's there, obviously. Yeah. Everyone's so, trying to get away with as many extra days this week as possible. Exactly. So it just, um, it just is. But I do have a recommendation. Hit me. I just read this book that was phenomenal. Might be my book of the year. Might really? Be. I got to go through a lot of books. I, I did a lot of reading this year. Um, a lot of waiting, so it's a lot of reading. Um, the name of the book is Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingslover. It was okay. fucking awesome. It's about a loser who's growing up in Appalachia. And I pronounced that correctly. Thank you for everybody who cares. That was that um, was pretty good, and, actually. You know, he's like, he's like doomed to be a just another pillhead from the mountains in a former coal town. And it's just the way that it's set up, where it's like, yeah, I had no choice. Like this was me, regardless. Is incredible. The way it's written is fucking awesome. Uh, can't. Can't recommend it enough. It's a fucking doorstopper. Heads up. It's long. Uh, if you don't like long books, you're a bitch. Get some Adderall, you bitch. Um, <laughs> Dude, I haven't I read a it. book. I don't think I, I haven't read a book in so long. Well, you've got a show. few things on your plate. Does it show? <laughs> I read a lot. No, you can like, have a conversation. Read. Yeah, I just don't read books, I feel. No, it's fine. As long as your brain is doing something, I think that's good. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, so what is the name of this book and where can you get it? Demon Copperhead. It sounds. That's his sounds nickname. Like yeah. I, dude, good Which for you. Which does remind I mean, me, I used to bully a kid who was a redhead. I called him a copperhead when we were in co uh, high school. Shout out to <laughs> Officer Ryan Stickno. Sorry about that. He's now 6'5 and could kick my ass with his fingers. <laughs> Imagine, um, imagine bullying somebody in college. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, well, I did fair. Yeah, just seems it. it seems kissing, funnier. You can't kiss a philosophy teacher's ass. Like they, they can see what you're doing. Yeah, well, maybe so, Schroding, you know, Schrodinger's I had, Schrodinger's ass. Here's the thing: 
I made Schrodinger's desk. It was a broken desk that I had put back together moderately. And we would find out whether or not it was broken when someone sat in it. It just <laughs> happened to be where this asshole sat all the time. Except some loser <laughs> ruined time. it for me. It's like, why didn't they just get so, rid yeah, of the somebody desk? Warned him. They were like, no, Tom, don't sit there. And I was like, oh, shut up. This was an experiment. Fuck you. Like, dude, this was hilarious. Like, nobody's getting hurt. Yeah, and it would have been really funny. Ugh. But it was fun because the teacher also bullied him, like our professor. He was like, <laughs> Tom, he was an Orthodox, he was an Orthodox Greek priest. He was be like, Tom, why do you try so hard? There's no need. You're not getting it. It's okay. You'll still pass. You don't get it. And he was a priest, too. It was, oh, it was incredible. Yeah, it was maybe a priest he, just shitting on this guy. It was fucking best. Maybe that was his penance, you know? <laughs> well, that's why I started. That's why I majored in it. Because I just kept taking classes with this crazy Greek priest. Because he would just make fun of people constantly. <laughs> it was yeah. awesome. I also took Next philosophy. I knew, philosophy. I was like, I'm, how many credits away from a major? They were yeah. like, yeah, two more. I was like, I guess I could do that. May as well. <laughs> yeah, that's. I did a minor in yeah, philosophy because nah, it was just halfway there. It was sheer entertainment. That's the only reason why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking perfect. Watching, and like, he was in his robes all the time. He was a Greek Orthodox priest. <laughs> And he would just <laughs> shit talk anybody he didn't like. It was incredible. He's like, fuck this guy, man. This guy stinks. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I love it. He would like I love he would it. not come to class for a couple of weeks because he'd have his own little like mental breakdown, be like, I was thinking too hard about why my cat does not know that it is a cat. <laughs> be like, damn man. Thanks for canceling class for two weeks. We really appreciate it. Really appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> that was that was awesome. <laughs> But yeah, um, don't be a don't be a slouch. Go read a go read a thick book. Go Steven read a Copperhead. Uh, well, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I, that was a tangent gonna, and a half. That was that was a wild that was a wild ride. I I am going to recommend. Um, what did I have today? I had. Oh, I had. Um, I got those little like. It's getting cold. Do you have soup? No, I wanted soup today, but I didn't have it. Um. You know the, like the sesame sticks, like the little ones that can kind of go. Yes. Uh, recommending those. So there's a couple different variations of these. There's the really little ones that you could put in a salad, nice in a salad, because um, they kind of give that like a little bit of sesame flavor. Like it's good for like all of a sudden your your all of a sudden your salad is Asian if you throw those in. Um, throw those in with like a mandarin orange. Yeah, what's and, up like, with your, that? It's crazy. Like that's just in every. It's every one. Every single one. It's like that is. I prefer that kind of salad. By the it's way, a great it's great salad. It's a great salad. So that orange really sneaks up on you sometimes. And it's, mm. yeah, and like they put it with. Uh, it's got the like the really thin sliced carrots. Every single one of them. Uh, and then oh, maybe yeah. there's probably like a chicken, and then it's like a like a ginger something balsamic dressing. Um, so do like the, I do like those sesame sticks. I I'm going to say though, the other sesame sticks, the one, when they get bigger, they become Italian, I guess. Like they like, I don't know, they get gentrified or something. So the the other one, how that happened, right? What? There's an actual story behind that. Is there? Yeah. Italians started finding out that like, oh my God, we didn't create spaghetti. They found out like we we were discovered noodles because we were trading you know, on the Silk Road, like <laughs> Asians really own yeah. Chop Che, dude. Spaghetti and macaroni, noodles. So 
they were like, what else are they doing? And they were like, oh, they got these little fucking sticks, these sesame sticks. And they were like, make us bigger. <laughs> They're ours, damn it. We first we was Christopher Columbus, then we lost noodles. Are you fucking kidding me? Figure so it out. Happened. So yeah. So this yeah. is a perfect conversation then. So I like so you're making your charcuterie boards for the holidays and stuff, right? Um mm. I love an, I love a good charcuterie board. Put those on your charcuterie board. But also when you go to eat the charcuterie board, could not recommend enough to take one of those bad boys, wrap a little brujut around that thing. Sprinkle a little balsamic glaze. Have a fucking day. Like stick that, it to Asia. Yeah, like stick it, stick it to Asia. Like I just am like fully diving in. I'm fully diving into my culture, so I can actually say it's my thing. So no matter which, version yeah, you of can. Thing, you have you're you're like the battleground. Yeah, like I am. Yeah, I'm just you can say Cosa Nostra and mean it both ways. I'm the neutral party, I guess. <laughs> yeah, isn't I guess it's no, our no, thing, no matter what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm the involved party, not even the neutral party. But uh, so I'm gonna. If someone said you're the arbiter here. You could really give a. You could probably give a real. Yeah, I could give a real. On the books here. That's that's true. I mean, if you I want, always I can associate... bring you a book report next episode. Make you make a decision. <sighs> this will be a good one. Yeah, we'll we'll think about this one. I do. I also I would love to see the anti-Italian defamation league come after you <laughs> about for some findings seeds. that you make. <laughs> yeah. Joseph um, Delara and public enemy number one. <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm Morons. the authority. Like, what are you doing? Um, I was going to say, there was one other thing that I did. Um, shop. This isn't an ad uh, because it's such a good deal. I went to ShopRite the other day and they had Hell a on earth. So, well, the, the one by me is like actually decent. Um, parking lot's a disaster still, but it's decent. Um, the shop so they had a deal on prime rib and it's like the bone in prime rib where it's like it comes in the whole package and normally it's 12.99 a pound but they're like eight pound things so it's like a hundred it's over a hundred dollars they had a coupon or there was like a, a deal like there was a flyer it was on sale it was 8.99 a pound so which is already like a pretty good deal if you had the digital coupon it was four ninety nine a pound, so I got eight pounds. Corey, I'm going to show you my meat. Right, actually, I'm going to put, I'm going to bring it up for the uh, good god people that are watching this. I got this. Watch the YouTube, and you can see Joe's. Well, you got to watch the YouTube. So I got that. I cut it up myself. I put it in vacuum sealed them. Mother of God! It was forty dollars for eight pounds of essentially ribeye. Bone in ribeye. Jesus it was awesome. <laughs> so, okay, couldn't so recommend... you live in a place where you can actually go to that store, yeah, and get that deal, yeah, without well, having think... to stab someone's Nona. Yeah, like it was awesome. Like I went in there, and it was funny because I was looking at it, and Jenna naturally was. Did like, you go on what? Sunday too, like a fucking freak? When did I go? It might have been. <laughs> it actually, might have been on Sunday. Dude, I think like it was the, on Sunday. It's like the Thunderdome. It's like. All the old Italian ladies get out of mass and they like put their war paint on to go to stop the shop, right? Where they just fucking, they're just bickering, arguing, smashing their cars into carts and carts into cars. It was it's crazy. chaos. I had to collect like money out there, like for little league and shit as a kid. And it was like the most yeah. dangerous thing we could have been doing. The funniest, the craziest thing was though, like nobody knew, the deals, nobody realized man. this. Nobody knew it was the go, the deal. Because, because there's so many like, other ones. <laughs> well, 
it's, that, it's insane. How does the place make money? I, dude, I was so confused about the deal. I was like, there's no way this number is right. I was like, there's no fucking way. I got the butcher to come over to tell me that this was the right deal. <laughs> like I was like, is this the right thing? <laughs> I don't believe this. I'm gonna have to see your butcher. It's like, dude, I don't like a seventeen year old. Like, just got out of high school. He's like, what? <laughs> no, I don't have time God. to answer your questions. I got to cut this meat and do my homework. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, I don't it, like it was limit one per person, and I was like, I think I might need to get a bigger one. And then I was like, ah, like I don't know, like, I don't think I need that much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't like go get Jenna and make her go in and do it again. No, so we we've, we've considered the deal is still good. I think until Christmas Eve. So we're oh, debating. So you I'm, will. Do I think I'm going to go back in. I think I'm going to go back. They had one. <laughs> they, had, they had one. It was like the thing this was, how huge. You're gonna, dude. You're going to become the warlord of Shoprite by you. <laughs> the one like, that's how. The, like, there's a warlord. Was, like, you're going to be the one who came out on top. It, it's going to be unbelievable. Like the one. Uh, they had one there that I was so close. I was so close. It was two hundred and eighty dollars, but. I was like, if I'm only paying like 40% of that, it's like a buck 10. I was like, that would feed me. I love that you take the same fervor that you have with like (laughs) placing a bet with you to the grocery store every fucking time you go. (laughs) It was plus You ever just pick up a toothbrush and leave? (laughs) You ever ever just pick up what you need and get out of there? Uh, The numbers crunching in your head must be... Infuriating. No. How do you sleep? No, like, 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 I'm the type of guy that like looks at the price per pound. Like, I'm like, this is just a better deal. Like, I gotta get that one, buddy. I don't look at a number until I'm done ringing myself up. I like can't help it. I really can't. Like, I love I, the digital coupons. I, I think yell that frequently. Like every time I go, oh, I do too. Friends, like, why did you spend this much money? I'm like, oh, I get yelled at the opposite look. way. I don't know. I get yelled at the opposite way. It's like, why, why are you gone like, for a day? <laughs> it's like 10 cents. Like, what do you give a shit about? I'm like, I just want to have a good deal. Yo, the garbage has been overflowing about. for six hours. You were nowhere to be found. <laughs> I just want to brag about a good deal. <laughs> There's nothing better than that. I stepped on this old hag so she couldn't get the good meat, and I got it. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I was, I, it was limit one, so I told the other people around me. I was this is a great deal. Like. <laughs> They left. There was there was prime ribs flying out. So uh, you know, if anybody's listening oh this far, <laughs> it turned into a riot. <laughs> this is, uh, so, Joe got arrested uh, for incitement when he went to the grocery store today. Yeah, like I was just handing out meat. Like so, I'm glad that you guys saw my meat <laughs> oh my pick. God. You guys saw my meat pick on the podcast. Didn't know we were going to get there today. Um, but it, you know, look, we're, I can't believe how much analysis went into the pick of the meats. Look, I, I I think that it's very important that everybody knows that like I treat I treat the meat seriously, you know, like it's got to be taken care of. <laughs> like, so USDA Prime over it here. has just as much, if not more, analysis than like a futures pick for you. Yeah, look, it like is a futures season. pick. I, fr- I I froze a couple of them. I vacuum sealed and froze them. You are correct. So, like, st- it is. It basically is a futures pick. So look, if <laughs> Jesus wait, Christ, it doesn't matter honestly whether you're in the grocery store or you're on a sports book. The main thing is that we're making plus EV decisions, and one of the best ways to make plus EV decisions is to get and download Props.Cash. Twenty five percent off your first month with code Delara twenty five. You're gonna be able to see like is that hit rate hitting at a much higher rate than what the implied odds are, you're going to need to know. You're going to say, like, is what is the price 
per three-pointer made or per rebound, per pound of prime rib. So those are all, well, no, you're not going to get the last thing on props.cash, but you'll get the rest of it. So <laughs> the main thing is that you sign up, get that first month 25% off with code Delara 25 and let's continue to get that prime rib, get that meat, actually hit your bets so that way you can buy the big-ass prime rib. It's, bo- it's a double plus EV decision and let's cash that. 